0: Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness, and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today, I'm excited to welcome Paddy Watts. Hello, Dr. Richard, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very well, thank you. Um, how are you? And tell me three things that make you smile. I'm very good, thank you. Three things that make me smile.
1: Uh, friends and family. I'm sure you probably get that a lot exercise, as I pretty much do that daily. And then client successes. So back when I was tennis coaching, and now when I'm personal training, when I teach somebody something, and it takes them a couple of sessions, and then when they suddenly get it, that sudden click, that makes me smile, because then somebody's taken on board what I've said, and now they can go off and do it themselves. Um, And if my mum's listening, a fourth would be food. (laughs) <laughs> and what food? Oh, literally any food. She tells a story of how... how so is I'm, it
0: Irish food?
1: No, I'm not Irish. Uh. I'm the worst Irish named person in the world. I've never been to Ireland and I'm not Irish. This is something we need to clear up. No, I know. Whenever I meet somebody who's Irish, they're always let down by me because my name's obviously Paddy. Mm. And they're like, where are you from? I was like, England. They're like, you're a letdown. I don't want to <laughs> speak to you anymore. <laughs> but no, so not Irish. But um... Is it Patrick? Yeah, Patrick. Patrick yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, Patrick. And it was only until about... I'd say four years ago that I started liking Guinness, which, again, is probably a sin in itself if you
0: call Paddy. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's where it comes from. That is indeed. So um how did you get into kind of personal training? And also, obviously, there's online training and coaching. So yeah. how did it come about? Were you always interested in the fitness industry? Or, or how did you kind of get into that?
1: Yeah, great question. So I've always been physically active and... Um, may sound odd, but I hated the gym. So at school, I I couldn't stand it. I thought it was a waste of time, people going there, picking things up, they're vain, whatever. I'd prefer to be out playing sports. But then as it went on, I was just playing loads and loads of sports and I kind of fell into tennis coaching post uni. I didn't want to get in, I didn't want to get a proper job in inverted commas, post uh, business marketing degree. So I fell into tennis coaching. At that time, I started getting more into fitness myself. Uh, I went through a breakup and did what, pretty much everybody does and says, I want to prove them what they're missing. And so I started doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, from tennis coaching, more for myself wanting to learn more about how to make my own workouts more effective. And then I realized I had a lot of free time whilst tennis coaching. So I thought, why not? Let's go look at my level three PT. And initially, as I said, it was just for me, so I could optimize my workouts. And then one of my mates who I was tennis coaching with wanted to start gymming. So he was kind of like my original guinea pig that I started doing that on and it kind of spiraled and it grew from there. And then I moved to London from home because I was living at home post-union for a few years, tennis coaching, and um, moved to London in January 2020, the big move, and then moved back home in March 2020 because obviously COVID hit. So so my big fleeing the nest (laughs) lasted a month and a half. Um, And then it kind of forced me to go online. So... I didn't, I didn't have a job essentially. So I started doing free online workouts and then I don't know how, but BBC Points West messaged me and then featured me on their little program. And then people came in for the live workouts and it kind of spiraled and grew from there. So originally it was just, yeah, online live workouts and then people wanted more one-to-one stuff and it kind of spiralled
0: and grew throughout lockdown before i moved up to london post lockdown and do you do mainly online now and or do you do in person and do you still do tennis coaching great question so (laughs) i
1: no longer do tennis coaching i stopped uh just over a year ago because i wanted to start playing more myself so i wanted to enjoy the game yeah exactly because i I started falling out of love with tennis coaching but i didn't want to fall out of love with tennis itself because sometimes i was on court for eight hours a day five to six days a week so when somebody's like, "Hey mate, do you want to play a game of tennis?" I was like, "Not really." Like it's like me asking you on a weekend to, "Do you want to go do an Excel spreadsheet?" So mm-hmm. I decided not to. Um, but so I stopped that a year ago. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it at the start.
0: And um, what about do you do mainly online or in person now?
1: Sorry, yeah. So it's a mixture of both. So mainly in person, but have grown my online as well. Um, but the goal is for me personally, to be fully online Mm. um, with the option of doing in-person sessions if I want to, because I think, as I'm sure we'll talk about later on with The Vault, but my own own online personal training, I want to impact and help as many people as possible as I can and help them realise the benefits that fitness can have in your day-to-day life that it's had for me. So in order to reach those people, I guess online is where you're going to be able to do that. Reach more people. Reach more people without but, it taking yeah. up like an hour of your day because PT yeah. you can only as reach the individuals reach the individual with one hour at a time. So you've only got twenty four hours yeah. and twenty four clients and so nobody's gonna work twenty four hours a day. Um so it's a mixture of both in person
0: and online at the moment, but with the aim to go fully online. So that leads into, tell us about the vault. The vault, okay. <laughs> so This is the big moment. <laughs> this is the big
1: the, the big reveal. Well,
0: somebody who, kn- yeah. who you know very well, yeah. Angus. Who is that? <laughs> Angus. Don't know him. No, I wish
1: I didn't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, of so. Of course,
0: Angus Warman, of course. Indeed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um,
1: your, your trainer and my current flatmate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of had a similar uh, experience with working out in terms of we wanted to do it. We weren't sure how to do it. And we went through loads of different programs and we'd go to YouTube for tutorials. We'd go to Google Images for workouts. We'd then go to some random person on Facebook for some nutrition advice. And so we kind of had to piece it all together as we went through and nothing was simplified for us. And so our whole idea is that we've created The Vault, which in its essence is a men's only community-based fitness platform, fitness app. So only men can get on it. And the key is the community side, because as we said, loads of individuals are trying to do loads of individual things. And fitness can be quite a lonely journey if you just go to the gym by yourself. Mm -hmm. You can feel isolated, although there are loads of people in there. Mm. You can feel that I'm the only one doing this. My friends aren't doing this. So maybe what's the point? Mm. Whereas if you've got a community of guys who you might not necessarily know at all doing the same thing, that can take you from hey, I, I'm, I might give up on this too. Oh, I've got some support. I can speak to people. They're going through the same thing. I can ask some questions. They're, they're doing what I'm doing. And then that galvanises each other. And actually, we found that guys don't talk enough. Girls are very good at kind of talking and more open to sharing feelings and sharing journeys. But guys aren't. So we wanted to create this space where guys can do that. Guys can talk if they're struggling. Guys can talk about the gym. Guys can talk about how well they're doing without it sounding like they're showing off or bravado or, or whatever it is. So the vault has that at its heart, but it, as I said, it's a fitness, fitness platform, fitness app. So it's your one-stop shop. So whereas I said we were going to YouTube and all these places, it's all housed under one app. And you get your workout programs, you get your technique videos, you get your nutrition, you've got PDFs talking you through everything under the sun from supplements, from anything that you might possibly need. We've even brought on a physio, one of London's best physios, who you know as well. I believe he just had <laughs> a conversation Lombard. with him, Ben Lombard. Shout amazing, out
0: to him. Amazing guy. <laughs> um,
1: because as, as we were speaking before this, you have injuries in the gym through no fault of your own. The body just sometimes gives up, right? So instead of you having to go to somebody else and pay a load of money for a physio who might not be good or is fantastic, we've brought that in-house. So you can consult one of London's top physios through this app. We've got what's called the recovery zone. So if you've got a lower back problem or a different issue or knee or hip, whatever it might be, you can click on that specifically and Ben's taught you through what's likely caused it and then how to rehab it. But then also, if that doesn't solve it, you can reach out to him in the community and be like, hey Ben. This is what's going on. This is what I'm thinking. And you've got access to somebody like that, which is amazing. Um, And then me and Angus also found at the start, we would sign up to apps, but the creator of the app would just be this person who runs it and you can't speak to them. And they're almost untouchable. But we really wanted to be involved in it because we love helping these guys. So we are at the end of every message. It's not some bot. It's not somebody messaging on our behalf, it's us in the community being like, hey, we're here to answer your problem. So we're fully involved in it. And that's, yeah.
0: That's pretty good. That's our baby that we wanna grow. And you've been building this community, you know, over time now and obviously it's growing and everything and you've bought new things new things on board so i think it's a really good thing you know and it's interesting what you say about guys um not talking someone said to me the main place that guys talk is in the pub <laughs> it's so, yes you're so true and half of that's nonsense when you're four points down anyway right <laughs> so you're providing a place A new place to kind of like actually talk in a different context, you know, about health and like you said, celebrate your wins. So I think that's pretty great.
1: Absolutely. And it's so important to do that because, as you mentioned, guys talk, but guys talk at the pub and guys talk about loads of random different stuff. And actually, when you meet up with people, you meet up with people in groups. So it's typically you can't have great conversations, deep conversations, if there's 10 people around the table, right? But On the community, yes, there are uh, hundreds of other people on there, but there are also individuals who you can speak to, you can message and you can put out and actually everybody gets around because there's one comment, which is the focus point, which everybody can see as opposed to 10 people having five separate conversations around a table so you can't actually get help from people that need it. Um, And yeah, we further down the line, we want to bring in stuff about mental health as well. Mm. So bring in a mental health coach Mm. and just...
0: Break so talk to me about that what do you you know what do, how do you approach your own mental health and also you know self-confidence what what do you do from your point of view to for that I know it's a tricky question no, it's a, again I've said it
1: before it's, it's a very good question because um in terms of, there's two parts to it, obviously the mental health and the self-confidence so I'll try and cover the mental health first I've been really fortunate to I'm like, really fortunate to say that I haven't suffered with mental health, like a lot of people have. And it's only recently that I've realized how fortunate I have been. But there are times that I felt super low. Hmm. So, But at that time, I just thought, I'm just feeling a bit low. It is what it is. And it's this and it's that. And I wouldn't say it was depression, wouldn't say it was anxiety, nothing like that. But actually looking back, realizing that I wasn't happy. And that's okay. And there were things that were causing that. But I just thought at the time it's like, oh, it's just, just life. life. Yeah, yeah ups yeah, yeah. and
0: downs. The breakup, obviously. Yeah, the breakup,
1: obviously. <laughs> but it, it took. It actually took for one of my friends from uni. She said to me, I had her over for supper, and she's literally the life of the party, and you wouldn't know. Mm. And I asked her like, how are you doing? And she goes, you know what? I'm I haven't actually been great recently. Mm. And I was like, what? Because you, you again, you see them in a social context. You don't necessarily see them one on one. And so she told me all about that. And then eight months later, we went for supper again. She was like, how are you doing? I was like, you know what? I'm not actually doing great. And it's actually your conversation that I had with you eight months ago that helped me realize that...
0: And allowed you to open up. And
1: allowed me to open up because vulnerability allows vulnerability. Hmm. Um, So a long answer to a short question. Thankfully, mental health has been great. But there have been periods where... It's been down, but I've now learned to recognise that.
0: Yeah, and you know that's the interesting thing is people realise like being vulnerable is a strength, you know. And obviously, people would say that men, just in general, may have a problem being vulnerable, and now maybe we're able to a little bit more, and which is a good thing, you know. Open up a little bit and shared things, you know. If you share things, it's better, you know. I was in a point where I was thinking, oh. I have to take all the problems on. I'm the oldest child in my family. You know, I run my own business, my own clinic, I have staff, so I'm very much someone who's like, give me the problem that I'm gonna solve everything. Do you know what I mean? But then there comes a time sometimes where you're overloaded and where do you actually have that time to change, turn and ask someone, you know, that you also need some help or that you need some support, you know, um, which I think, People, for me, I have a lot of friends as well. And if they say friends is your family, you choose. So yeah. even though my family are also it, <laughs> but um, that was always really helpful, having friends who... And I think different friends provide different things. Yeah. So some friends are really good at having deep conversations and some friends are really good at going out partying and then helping you to let go. <laughs> yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree with that. And
1: to to that end, in terms of different things and different people... Um, I'm the youngest of three brothers, my oldest brother runs his own business, he's married, uh, his wife runs her own business, my middle brother runs his own business. So I'm like, I'm the bottom, I'm like, I don't really know what's going on compared (laughs) to everybody else. But my middle brother said to me once, um, when people go and say, say I come to you and I'm a bit down, our natural reaction as a person is to give advice. Mm. But I might not want advice. Mm. You might just want to offload. Right. And mm-hmm. so he says, there's three things you can do. You can say, would you ask them, would you like advice? Do you want me to listen? Or would you like a hug? Mm. And so when somebody comes to me now, instead of me assuming they want my advice, I say those three things. And if they just want to sit and they want to just talk at me, perfect. Sometimes all you need is a hug. And that's, that's what <laughs> some people- Some just want a hug. Some <laughs> people just want a hug. Some people just want a hug. They that's don't have enough. Hug. Yeah, and that's enough. But other people want advice and they really value your advice. So to your end- different friends do different things so somebody one of my friends i might say hey mate look i just need a hug let's go have a hit of tennis somebody else i might say look i really value your advice and somebody else i might say i just need to talk at you um hope that's okay bam um but yeah I think it's yeah, it's super important to do different,
0: it. And different things for different people. Exactly. And depending on what they need. Exactly. And what about the self-confidence? Self-confidence. <laughs> okay, here we go. Do you have a lot of self-confidence? <laughs> uh,
1: so I'd say, I'd say it's situational. Um, and being perfectly honest, it's actually something I've really struggled with. Mm. Um, and from the outside, it might not necessarily look like that. Yeah, it looks
0: um, like you're pretty successful. Yeah, class, so. right? If you look at my, <laughs> my socials,
1: if you look at this, if you look at my training, but then when it comes to certain situations I really am full of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. I'm on the, even on the way over here I was like why have, why have I been invited onto Dr Richard podcast? Nobody's going to want to listen to me. Why would they want to do that? Um so I do suffer from lack of confidence quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and it's something I'm really trying to work on and one thing, a technique I've started doing is looking back and thinking, "Okay, well, you've done that, you've achieved that, you've done that." So actually, there is some self worth in you. There is some self worth there. So try and take that and move forwards with that, rather than just saying, "No, you're not good enough. You can't do that. <laughs> why are you here? What's
0: what's going on?" And- it's like that inner voice, you know, that they talk about. You know, and I do think it's important to try to change the inner dialogue you know to you can you can do that exactly as you said look at what you've achieved and celebrate the wins you know obviously you've moved to london you've come from transition from uh, tennis coaching and uh, into this coaching and then online and everything and built the vault so actually you've achieved an awful lot and obviously everyone always wants to get to the next goal but sometimes we have to sit back and think we actually did pretty good. <laughs> you know yeah. what
1: I hundred mean? percent. I, I, I don't, I don't do that enough. I really, really don't do that enough, and um, it's something I should do more. But there's this voice inside me which says, "Stop! That's that's arrogant. Stop doing that." And I feel that if I do that, then I'll get then I can't allow myself to become complacent Mm-mm. because nobody's paying my bills. Yeah, yeah, my... My... yeah yourself. Yeah, myself. Like, driven. like you, right? Yeah, if which you... is
0: important. Yeah, which is it's amazing. So if you don't go
1: to work, you're not getting paid, you're not getting those bills. So sometimes to my detriment, I don't do that because mm. I don't want to allow myself to get comfortable and complacent. Mm. But sometimes, as you say, it's really good in order to do that. And a book I'm reading at the moment, which I've had on my shelf for a year and a half, two years, is James Smith's How To Be Confident. Mm. And I bought it and I read the first five pages and there was almost this fear inside of me that didn't want to read it for fear that I would have to implement the stuff in there.
0: <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It's yeah, like... Yeah. It's, it's like I think the thing is, they say, oh, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So mm. obviously, yeah. And let's say, you know, life is a marathon, we're, we're on it or we're climbing a mountain. You can still look down and see how far you've come, and be like, "Yeah, that's great," but you've still got more to climb. So you can do a bit of both. Do you know what I mean? You can 100%. have a bit of a reflection, but still go forward. Definitely.
1: You know, Definitely. But... How 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 about you in terms of confidence and how have you have have you had those issues? And there are things that
0: you do daily that help people or help me. Or what's
1: what's you know, it you?
0: Um, I think everybody has, uh, does have that inner voice that can be the good inner voice and also the bad inner voice you know there's things telling you you can't do that maybe you're never going to achieve what you think you're going to achieve or but then you do have to try to be kind to yourself you know Mm. Um, which is a difficult thing and to allow that voice of like You can do it. Mm. You know, this is the American way. Look in the mirror. Let's go. Yeah, Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But and I think that other thing is like gratitude and thinking, like you know, we're really lucky to live in London to you know have this this life and to be living our goal and working on it, even enjoying the steps towards achieving something. Then that gratitude also spurs you on to an, to the next thing so I think those all those things are really important you know um one thing my dad was really good he told me you know you can do anything you want and I think it's really important for parents to give their kids that ability to Self-belief. believe in themselves that's really important because some parents you know can be either strict or they can be almost not present but if you can tell your kids you know you can do anything you want that will stay with them absolutely Uh, you know and and part of that
1: is in the book i'm reading at the moment is our own limiting beliefs Mm. um because the brain's a powerful thing as we all know Mm. um but if you set a restriction on yourself you're only ever going to reach that restriction because it's only what you're ever going to work to whereas if you think higher you're allowing yourself that leeway to work and get higher. And if you don't reach that peak, you'll fall two peaks below, which is still eight peaks higher than your original one.
0: Mm.
1: At least you try. At least you tries. Exactly. Rather than limiting yourself, think, no, I can't do that. Therefore, you don't try as opposed to, I can do that. And you do try. And it's the people are saying, well, what, what happens if it fails? Well, what
0: happens if it doesn't? Yeah, like, exactly. It's that saying. At There's the moment. people who always catastrophize who are like, this could happen and this could happen but it could never happen. <laughs> yeah, it literally drive. could go better than you ever expected. Yeah, and what if you never tried? Yeah, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd never
1: know. You'd and I think that's know. a sad thing and that's what I'm trying to overcome at the moment is that pushing forwards because I'm 30 this year and mm-hmm. for me that's quite, that's big, quite big. yeah, big that's quite thing. a big that's quite a big thing. Big party. A big party. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. I'm potentially running a marathon 2 days before so that that could be that could be my, me <laughs> wiped weird. out. Um but setting goals and and putting out things to be like right just get get out your comfort zone do it force yourself to do it force yourself to go because it sounds cliche but that is that's where you grow and that's where you get that self-confidence from and that's where you reduce those limiting beliefs so pushing pushing for that yeah exactly
0: (laughs) tell me about nutrition How do you approach that subject, which is a big subject, obviously, but how do you approach your own nutrition and how do you help your clients with their nutrition journey? So uh, for me, I've learned over the years about how
1: my body works. It's taken years and years and years. So the way I approach it at the moment is I try and hit a protein goal a day and then the rest of the calories, the rest of the nutrients that I hit, I hit. Um, and I'm pretty astute with calories cause I've gone through calorie counting phases. So I know what's in certain things. I know I can mentally count how much protein is roughly in anything. So for me at the moment, I don't have a necessarily a specific goal to bulk up or cut. Mm. So I'm trying to focus on hitting my protein content. And if I'm hungry, I'll eat, which is most of the time. Um, and that's how I typically approach my nutrition. It's 80-20 good. I've started trying to eat a lot more nutritious foods Um, because mum said to me, of all all my three sons, you're the one I'm most concerned about with your diet, which is ironic because I'm the PT and I'm the fitness (laughs) and I'm the health guy Um, because I went through a phase of not being able to put on any weight. So at the end of each day, I'd have a double scoop of ice cream, a double scoop of shake, peanut butter, banana and Nutella with oat milk and just drink that because that's the only way I can physically put on weight.
0: Are you still doing that?
1: I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. My dreams are super weird. I didn't get to sleep for ages. I was just buzzing off the sugar.
0: So you definitely wouldn't advise that. I
1: definitely wouldn't advise that, no. Especially not at nine o'clock at night before you're about to go to sleep. Um, so I've learned and I've done loads of different random things, like putting butter in coffee, because it does X, Y and Z. And it's just, for me personally, for the everyday gym goer, you don't need to worry about that. What, what I try and teach my clients is have a protein goal, hit that protein goal and build that into your lifestyle and start eating consciously. So when clients start working with me, I'll ask them, what have you eaten the last couple of days? And they'll go, uh, uh, not actually sure. So my goal is to be like, right, in three weeks time when I ask you the question, what have you eaten the last couple of days? You can at least tell me a few meals you've eaten because that then shows they're consciously thinking about their food they're putting in their body, not necessarily just being like, bam, bam, bam. So that's the way I approach my nutrition with my clients because a lot of them are uh, guy, ladies and, and men between 45 to 65 who have retired. So they're not necessarily kind of on strict regimes. They're exercising to feel healthy to when they're older, throw their ga- grandkids around. They don't want to be on this like superfood diet that they've got to eat between a certain window that's nonsense for them it's like right your strength training hit your protein goals make sure the rest of the plate looks like a rainbow and if you can tell me what we've eaten we're going the right direction um and if if a cookie pops up eat the cookie have the cookie why not i love cookies
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly everything in moderation
1: everything in moderation
0: yeah i use one of those um fitness app where you would log the food which that actually helped me my Um, fitness pal yeah exactly logging like breakfast and things and it has all the foods on there so that's quite a good way because at least you put your writing down you're putting it somewhere and then you can reflect back on it exactly
1: so that's that's conscious because if you're having to write it down you're double checking what you're putting in Mm. aren't you Mm -hmm. rather than just grabbing this and grabbing that and just shoving it in it's like right i'm taking that i've now got to consciously go and write down exactly what i'm having and sometimes you might be like you know what i don't actually want that and it forces you to reality check and make a different decision but yeah if the cookie's out eat the cookie you know the there's i put something on my instagram the other day which could not sum me up more it was like um it was the photo of the cookie monster. And it was like, without the cookies, I'd just be a monster. And that for me is exactly it. I love cookies. So when my clients are like, oh, I had a really good week and then I ate a chocolate brownie on the Saturday, I was like, sweet, eat the chocolate brownie. Yeah, because we've got to have those things. You make... can't limit yourself no. completely. No, not at all. Because like being a dentist, you probably hate me saying that I love cookies. But um, if, it, if it allows somebody to stick to their fitness regime, why, who am I to take that away from them? Who am I to say you cannot do that when actually they're hitting their calories throughout the day? It's not taking them over their calories if they're conscious of that. They're hitting their protein levels. They're doing their walks. They're going for their fitness. And at the end of the day, they really like it. I'm, who am I to say no?
0: Exactly. Even from a dental point of view, obviously we talk about sugar, but I've you know said the point before that you know, people also have their blood sugar to maintain, and if they've done a really hard workout or before the workout, then their blood sugar might drop suddenly. So you're the reason you're craving it. There's a reason yes. that you're craving it. Yes. You need to get your blood sugar. Yeah, back absolutely. Up. Yeah, that's
1: that. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of it like that at some point, but yeah, it's very true. And yeah, I had I had that the other day. and My blood sugar dropped super low, and I just started being shaky. So I had my had my Greek yogurt with my blueberries and I actually just put, sprinkled some brown sugar on there because I had to go to a client in the next five minutes and I knew that I needed something to, to boost me. Um, so it's just little things
0: that you can do every day. Exactly. Tell me, um, obviously we talked a bit about kind of fitness and how that's really important. What do you do for your own fitness? So I
1: am running a marathon, in November, and it's the first time for two years that I've actually had a goal. Before that, it was to swim a 5K. And between then, it's just been the routine of going to the gym to make myself like mentally feel better, look better, and build confidence. And it's just kind of been a little bit monotonous, a little bit going through the things, but I'd work out five, six times a week, I'd also play tennis twice a week. And now I've got a real focus. It's regalvanized, re-energised my love for the gym. Because over the last four months, I could probably, before January, and it's not just a January new thing, um, for the last three, three months before January, four months, I could probably count on both my hands the amount of times I was really hyped and looking forward to the gym. It was more just a case of, this is what I do, this is my routine, I know I'm gonna feel better afterwards. Discipline, go and do it. Um, but it just became this, Monday this, Tuesday this, Thursday this, Friday this, Saturday this. Not necessarily a, I'm going to perform to a goal.
0: Um, so now- It's good to have something to train for, that's what they say. I, I, tell, all my, <laughs> I tell all my clients that. Um,
1: absolutely, it's so good to have a goal to train for because as you walk in you feel you're one step closer to what you're doing so for w- me with my marathon it's great because I've, I've bought a program and it's all the program is all lower body focused and it's stuff that I wouldn't necessarily do in my my regime or train for my clients because they're not specific runners they want to build muscle etc cetera, etc cetera. so I'm really enjoying learning new movement patterns Feeling sore in areas that, like, my hamstring's like, oh, I only did,
0: like, three reps. Like, how am I that sore off that? I, I don't like this lower body thing. <laughs> but I know that there's lunges, mm. squats, mm. you know. You know that they have to be done. They have... their A strong lower body is
1: fundamental for a strong upper body. Mm. And we talk about... Uh, in, the, in the industry, there's show muscles and go muscles. Mm. So everybody wants quads Mm -hmm. everybody wants pecs everybody wants biceps and six pack Mm -hmm. because that's what everybody can see Mm -hmm. i don't walk around like looking looking in mirrors looking at my back but if you've got weak glutes if you've got weak hamstrings if you've got a weak lower back weak upper back you can't you can't move so you're not going to have good show muscles so the go muscles your back and all those are super super important to train in order for you to look good on the front Mm -hmm. um so as you say, doing your lunges, super important. Doing your squats, doing your hamstrings, doing your deadlifts, although they might seem like an effort, they allow you to kind of show off at the front.
0: And the core muscles as well, you know, working the core. I noticed that that's become like a really focus of a lot of things. Is you know, your planks and your, yep. thing, you know, those kind of exercises. To, Absolutely. To keep your core. Yeah, because core there's, there's, th-
1: there's three layers to the core. Um and a lot of people just see the abs as the core where they're just the surface superficial muscles. Whereas as you say, if you're if you have a weak core, you're not going to be able to sit upright at your desk. You're not be able to form how you want to perform or throw the grandkids around and doing planks. Those stress positions are fantastic because if you've got a weak core, you're not going to be able to do a proper squat. So. Actually squatting is a really, really good exercise for your core, although people don't attribute it to it. Because if you think about at the bottom of a squat, mm. you've got to keep stable. You've got right? to keep stable. If you if you let that breath out, your body goes like you know, a balloon that deflates. So all that pressure is going through that lower back. Right? So if you've got that core nice and tight, that nice deep breath, that core is braced, protecting everything around it. So it's actually a really good core workout.
0: And what do you think about you know, genetics, is genetics part of, you know, being able to kind of get fit or how much does genetics play a part, you know, or can everybody get fit? You know, what do you think about this? And weight loss, obviously. A lot of people are debating this. Difficult one. (laughs) It's a difficult one. I think
1: genetics play a massive part in what some people want to do. Um, Sorry, what everybody wants to do. People are predisposed in my opinion, to put on weight or lose weight really easily. And some people are genetic freaks who can touch a barbell and get shredded and get muscle mass. So for me, I've had to work really, really hard at putting on weight. Um, My metabolism is super high, and people listening to this might be like, oh, poor you. Um, But I've put on 20, 25 kilograms. Over six years, whereas some somebody may be like really struggling to lose weight. So genetically, for me, I think we are predisposed one way or the other, and the industry doesn't always show that. So you've got some people who are in fantastic shape, who find it really
0: easy, and expect everybody else to do it. I don't know what 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 would you say? What do you think? I think that it is important, and um, I think that you know there definitely is a genetic component to how people can achieve their fitness goals some people have to work a little bit harder but it's kind of knowing your body and and then working with it you can only be the best version of yourself you know what they always say love that so um you you've got to kind of accept (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and then work from there you know don't get upset about it but kind of accept where you're at you know obviously there's certain things like common conditions and things where you might need medical attention but otherwise it's like this is my genetics this is my body how can i make the most of it love that i love that <laughs> how
1: can i make the most of what i've got not make the most of what dr richard's got or paddy's got or ben's got or angus has got whoever it is because we always aspire to look like anybody else apart from ourselves yet we can only ever look like ourselves mm, exactly and that can be a hard pill swallow but As you say, if you find something that you enjoy and you have a goal for yourself and you're going in, you're working and you're like, this is the best I can do that I'm going to do, that like opens up so many different doors and it makes fitness so much easier and better and more enjoyable rather than you going in and be like, right, I want to look like Angus. I'm going to train like him and I'm going to do this. And in a year's time, you don't look like him. You're going to be disappointed. Yet you'll have seen so much progress towards a goal as opposed to, you know what, I'm going to put as much muscle and lose as much weight in a healthy way that I can this year. And when you do that, you're happy.
0: Yeah. And I also think like there's like aesthetics, you know, obviously like bodybuilders who have aesthetics but they may not have the cardiovascular health your cardiovascular health might actually be better absolutely oh yeah uh,
1: bodybuilders some bodybuilders can't walk up the stairs without um getting out of breath how is that useful mm-hmm. how is it useful not being able to scratch your back mm-hmm. um but again if they enjoy it and they like what they do then and obviously it's
0: competition and that's their goal so
1: yeah and without getting down that rabbit hole um we often compare ourselves to guys who have trained in the gym for 10 plus years who have taken steroids who have cut for the last 12 weeks to an inch of their life who are mentally a little bit over the place because they haven't had that food who have then dehydrated themselves had a spray tan got a pump on and got on stage and we compare our everyday life to that one specific photo that's taken 10 years Mm -hmm. and
0: we um, shouldn't <laughs> we, sh- we shouldn't
1: but as we say we shouldn't we still do i oh, yeah i did it i did it still occasionally you look at people oh, i'm gonna be like that but it's actually learning to not do that and then you'll be so much happier with yourself
0: definitely definitely and people have also said to me like obviously if you're taller then to your figure going to look differently to someone who's a little bit more compact they can obviously build muscle a little bit more quickly and get that kind of bigger broader looks yeah that's another thing people don't always think about
1: got endo ecto and mesomorph Mm -hmm. so exactly ecto is the tall one. So me so if somebody who was so i'm six foot four so if somebody who was my size when i started and they put on relative their height say they're five foot eight put on 70 kilograms sorry not 70 put on um 20 kilograms of muscle they would look huge directly proportionate to their size compared to what I look, yet yeah, we are still putting the same amount of muscle. So again, comparing people who are six four to people who are five eight, you can't you can't do it as much as we do do it. So
0: Absolutely. that's yeah, a great point. And what do you think of you? Um, talked about uh, kind of training, uh, people who are retired or people in different stages of their life. What do you think about kind of training and longevity? You know, that's a big subject at the moment. You know, people want to live longer and use fitness for that. Um, purpose so and how do you find that people approach it you know later in life
1: yeah um more people are coming around to it is the way i describe it and um more people are understanding the importance of weight training for as you say longevity and health of life because at the end of the day what it could come down to is getting up from the sofa walking up the stairs and if we, if we don't have our health, we've got nothing. So actually, a lot of people are realizing that, hey, I'm I'm 65, I've got my grandkids, I know I've mentioned that before, but I've got my grandkids around, I wanna lift them up, I wanna lift them over my head. I wanna be able to chase after them. So what are we gonna do in the gym? We're gonna do seated um, dumbbell shoulder press. So when the kids come up to you, you lift them up. And a lot of people are, a lot of people are coming around to that fact. And actually, Credit to the newspapers, a couple of articles have been fantastic talking about how actually strength training and osteoporosis is is much more beneficial for you than just going for a walk or doing a single hit class or whatever it is. And I think there's been a, there is continuing to be a massive shift specifically targeted towards females about how important strength training is because in general, gross generalization here. Um, Girls don't want to get big and muscly. So that's my biggest thing. When when girls come to me, girls are aged, what, 21 through to 65, 70, whatever. And they're like, but I don't wanna look big and muscly. And I'm like, look, you this isn't bigging me up. You could never look like me. I've mm-hmm. trained like this for six years. I eat X amount. I could put you on exactly the same routine as me. You don't have the right hormones. You're not the right age. You're not X, Y, and Z. You'll never look like this. And they're like, oh, okay. And then once they start seeing strength, they start seeing it. They really, really enjoy it. But it's that term muscle Mm. that they don't like at the start. Mm. And it's actually, you know, you need muscle in order to do what you are wanting to do. So there has been a big shift and it is communicating in a way at the start that they realize that actually, no, we do want to put on muscle because that's going to help you do what you've told me you want to do. I'm not here to make you look like Popeye. Um, so there is a big shift in that. And I really enjoy that it's seeing them come around to that idea. That's another thing that makes me smile. Them realizing actually, yeah, okay, that is good. And they are lifting heavier and then they get into it and they're so invested and it's, it's amazing. Um,
0: yeah. seeing people on their journey and kind of progressing.
1: Yeah. 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 I had, I have two clients. Um, so I have a client, uh, Tori and Susie and they train with me once, twice a week. And at the start when they came in, they're exactly like that. And they're like, we don't lift too heavy. And their age, I don't want to do them a disservice. I want to say like early 40s. Like, don't want to get too big and strong. Don't want to get too bulky. And then we're a year in now. And I said to them, hey, look, we've built the foundations. We're going to start building up to lifting heavy weights, like three to six, seven, eight reps. They're like, oh, sweet. Really looking forward to that. Whereas if I said that... At the beginning.
0: Yeah, at the beginning, they'd run a mile, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't want to lift. Well, it's interesting how traditionally, like men have been trying to do heavy lifting yeah, and then maybe the females have been doing cardio and then that's how it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now probably we all should be doing a little bit of both and a little bit more, you know, and men should be thinking about their cardiovascular health, you know, women should be thinking about their strength training and thinking of everything in a more holistic way.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I, I, I don't want to get misquoted on this, but... I uh, coached a heart surgeon, and one thing he said to me is that post-60, your heart can't regain the elasticity it once had, as opposed to pre-60. So if people start working out pre-60, their heart keeps that elasticity, and that's super important. So as you say, for cardiovascular health, people are now realizing that they need to work out and lift weights and do some cardiovascular stuff, but we don't want to leave it too late. Now, I'm not saying that post-60, if you work out, it's not going to help. Obviously, it is but it's just showing the importance to the body of doing both the strength training as well as the running or the cycling or whatever it is. And you don't have to go for a run. If you don't like running, don't run. You can find another way. You can find another way. You can find it in paddle or you can find it in tennis or do something you enjoy because you're gonna keep at it for longer rather than thinking you have to do something because that's what everybody else is doing. Mm. If you don't like running, Please, please don't run, because you're just going to have a negative connotation with what exercise is. It's going to be painful. It's going to be not enjoyable, and your joints are going to hurt. As opposed to if you really enjoy playing tennis, it's going to be social. It's going to be fun, and you're going to get better at something. So it's just doing something. Find
0: what you enjoy. Exactly, find what you enjoy. So I wanted to ask you about your plans for the future yeah (laughs) I don't know if you're someone who plans the future you know um either immediate future or long-term future or do you kind of live day by day (laughs) (laughs) uh I
1: in some aspects I'm very last minute um but others I like to think ahead and this year I'm not a massive one for new year's goals and resolutions, because I think New Year's resolutions, they come and go, whatever. But this year, I wrote down things I wanted to achieve. And I actually made a, I bought a board off Amazon, and I printed out pictures, and I put it on, it's above my sink. So I see it every day. So I've got things that I'm planning for the future for this year. And I'm going to, I've just got random stock images from Google. And every time I complete one of those goals, I'm going to put me, which reaffirms, as we're going back to earlier, self-confidence, reaffirms that you can do and how far you're coming. So I've got some short-term goals there, yes. And I've got some longer-term goals as well. One one of them we we talked about, about the vault. I want that to be the biggest men's only community-based fitness platform in the UK. Purely because I want loads of guys to see the benefit that the gym can have that it's had on me and it's also had on Angus. So that's one of the goals and then also Working online to have the freedom to do loads of things, but then further down the line, I'd love to have a a wife and kids in a and a house. I think that'd be amazing. I think that'd be great. It's in there somewhere. It's in there. It's in there somewhere. Whether it whether it, whenever it happens, it happens. It will just happen Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's what everybody says. My dad. My dad sent me a text right on my birthday, and I love it. He said, he said, this year's goals get better at tennis, get better at golf, beat me at both and then find a wife. Exclamation mark. Well, is that right? Here we go. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> I think almost like you can't put too much pressure in it. Yeah. Things happen when they happen. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? I, no, I fully fully see that. Um, they they happen, everybody says they happen when they're when you're least expecting it. Exactly. Um, so I'm just walking around constantly in a state of <laughs> surprise. No, I'm you're just
0: trying, I'm not expecting it. I'm not yeah, I'm not expecting it. <laughs> <them. laughs>
1: no, but yeah, I, I've got big goals. Yeah. Um, and as, as I mentioned earlier, it's trying to um, not limit myself and the goals I'm trying to set. And that's
0: something I'm trying to work on at the moment. And the vault sounds amazing. The too.
1: vault, yeah, the vault is awesome. And uh, having Angus as a business partner is, is, is fantastic because we work, we work really well together. We're very similar, but we're very different and we complement each other in many ways. And I'm just, yeah, super excited to see, see how and where and
0: what, what happens with it, to be perfectly honest amazing thank you so much for joining me paddy <laughs> thank you for having me thank you and all of paddy's details and links are in the show notes including the vault and thanks for listening if you like today's show please rate and review wherever you get your podcasts it was presented by me dr richard marks for more about me i'm on at dr underscore richard double underscore or visit my website www.drrichardlondon.com this is a Pop people production and the music is by Delhi music and we will see you next time